0: Today's culture is full of distractions. There are constant advertisements for what to buy, how to look, constant running to-do list and people pulling at you in every direction. Society has constantly put us on the move. We're always multitasking. That's what's prized today. We're constantly having our attention in multiple directions and dare I say always halfway paying attention. We know this to be true that the disease of the internet age is continuous partial attention. When was the last time that you had 100% of your focus on one thing? Not thinking about the next place that you have to be, or what was that buzz notification on your phone? Not thinking about preparing dinner while in the middle of having a conversation with somebody else. Probably a long time, huh? Probably hard to think about a time that you were 100% focused. While multitasking seems to be held at some great regard today, we know that our Heavenly Father desires our complete attention and our complete focus. He desires our all, not part or even half. This is in complete contradiction of the ways of the world. Last week, we talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. We talked about the greatest commandment to love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And the focus at that point was loving your neighbor as yourself. It was this person-to-person aspect of God's requirement of love. We talked of going out of our way to love those who are more difficult to love, to care for and to be hospitable to those that may not have necessarily anything in common with us. Today's message comes off the heels of the Good Samaritan. Its focus is on the vertical aspect of love, how we are to be attentive to the word of God and keeping our focus on him. The two stories, last week's and today's, they work in conjunction with one another. The emphasis on the practical activity in the Samaritan story keeps us on this one-sided Uh, keeps us from having this one-sided, exalting the contemplative life of learning and prayer. We see the Good Samaritan helps us look outwards, but today's story will help us remind um, to look upwards. Today's text warns us about the preoccupation of the practical affairs of life, even when apparently that service is for the kingdom of God. It reminds us that we can so easily be drawn away from the wholehearted attention to the things of God. We learn to hold both in balance with one another. Love God, love others. If you wouldn't mind standing in respect of hearing the gospel text today, today's text comes from Luke chapter 10, where we were last week, but beginning in verse 28, I'm sorry, 38. Beginning in verse 38, going to verse 42. Luke 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of our Lord, and we say thanks be to God. You may be seated. So this story goes on that Jesus is traveling with his companions. Luke's gospel, we've already been taught that the disciples should go to homes of which they have been welcomed to teach the gospel where the door has been opened to them. And here, Martha has opened the door, welcoming the rabbi, Jesus, to teach and to receive this hospitality. I can imagine all too well being in the home of Martha at this moment in time. Mary, Mary, the great teacher, the one they call the Messiah, Jesus, he's coming to our house. Hurry, hurry, we must clean up everything right away. The place needs to be spotless. Pick up those dirty clothes, then wash the dishes, then sweep the floor. I'll make sure to do the dusting and the weeding and the laundry. We must prepare new food, so go throw out those leftovers and take out the trash. Hurry, hurry, he's gonna be here any minute. The list of things to prepare the home for Jesus was a mile long. Upon Jesus' arrival, the home was clean, but the new meal had not been prepared. Mary, thinking that she had done everything that Martha had asked, sat down to listen to what Jesus had to say and to spend time with him. While the pressure of preparing the meal for all the guests remained heavy on Martha's shoulders. I can picture myself in these shoes, being in the kitchen, because let's be honest, I've been there before. Slamming cupboards, stomping my feet, making more racket with pots and pans than truly is needed. Trying to make a scene, to show that I was in the kitchen all by myself, doing all of the work by myself, hoping that someone would feel a need to check in on me and see what all the racket was about. Any other ladies feel this? Who would blame Martha for banging a few pots and putting plates on the table with a sturdy thump? I imagine a few of you have been in this situation a time or two, and to some point, at some point, Martha just gave up. She had had enough. She thought, enough is enough. I am going to tell them a piece of my mind. Someone needs to help me. Unfortunately, the response that Martha got was completely opposite of what she had hoped for. Instead of Jesus agreeing with her and shooing off Mary to help her in the kitchen, Martha was chided. She was told to chill out. That would have really made me mad. Here, Martha is doing all the work and why is she being reprimanded? How is that possible? See, Martha's request, it's an entirely natural one, but one that ultimately fails to take into account of the uniqueness of this situation. Despite the best of intentions, she has become ensnared with the worries and the riches and the pleasures of life. She has lost sight of that which is truly life as being a disciple. She lost her focus on the Messiah. See, this is the important moment, the an important moment to notice in the story. Jesus is not going after this busy Martha. He's not upset that she's in the kitchen working, but rather he is concerned about the worried and the distracted Martha. Jesus here is speaking to his dear friend, Martha, who has worked herself to this state of anxious, distracted tizzy over the meal that she has wanted to prepare. She has focused her frustration not only on her sister, but now her frustration is on her friend and her guest. She has lost sight of the one that she calls Lord. So here, Jesus is gently calling her to refocus. Hospitality is not primarily about the food and the plates and the decorations, but rather, more importantly, the focus is on whom we are being hospitable. To whom are we spending time? For Mary, her her hospitality has become anxious and troubled. In the Greek, she was distracted. She was literally pulled about. She was worried, distracted, and troubled. She loses focus on what is important. Jesus, the great Lord, he is the guest. Martha is concerned that what will we eat? What will we drink? As we learn later in the gospel, this is not what Jesus cares for us to worry about, for he provides for the least of these. She is so consumed by worrying about everything that it's good enough for the guests. Presumably one must at times prepare food, yes. But such concerns should never be allowed to compete with the hearing of the word of God. This same feeling and situation could be equated to Acts chapter six, where there's good and necessary service for being seen here that the Christian widows they were threatening to interrupt what was more important. Remember when they had to divide out the tasks that the apostles were doing. The caring for the widows and providing bread and meals for them ended up taking over more time than was needed. The purpose and mission of the apostles was to spread the good news, but instead they were being bogged down by the needs of those in their local community. They needed to refocus they needed to reallocate the work. Food is good, it is necessary. Daily tasks, they're important, but when tasks and the to-do list outweighs the importance of listening to God, there's a problem. Let me make another clarifying point here. Neither the narrator nor Jesus sets Martha and Mary's activities in opposition to one another. See, many would say that Mary is doing the right thing by sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha is in the wrong for hurrying around in the kitchen. That just simply is not the case. When Jesus praises Mary for having chosen the better part, he refers specifically to her singular focus, her undivided attention, her individual focus on Jesus himself. It's not about her physical position of sitting at his feet and listening, but rather her mental state that she focuses on him and him alone. See, when Jesus says there should be only one thing, this does not mean that it is one particular devotion, one particular way of acting, but rather the object of devotion. For Martha, at this time, she was more focused and devoted to the perfection of the meal and the level of hospitality instead of recognizing to whom they were paying the attention to. It would be fine if she was working in the kitchen and preparing the meal, as long as she continued to remember for whom she was serving. Martha's problem is that her service strays from attending to its rightful object of devotion, the Lord, the Messiah. We can compare this story to that of our modern church today, I'm sure. See a church that's been able to be led, to be worried and distracted by many things. A church that's inevitably then will be in the community and dwelling in the shadows of frantic potlucks, ancient stewardship campaigns, and events designed simply to perpetuate the institution, a bigger and better church. Decisions that are being made, meeting without a hint of God's vision. Gatherings of leadership, thinking this is what we must do without seeking the Lord first in prayer seeing that food and drink appear at the Holy Communion table without having Christ recognized at the breaking of bread, simply completing tasks because they must be completed. This often leads a congregation to get, well, downright grouchy and grumpy. Night after night, members will leave the home and attend and participate in the church goings and then they return home as clueless and empty as when they walked out the door. They've not grown in any way They come home just the same as they started. Endless meetings breed this resentment for those Christians who otherwise were pleasant because the church's business is being done without any word of God whom they thought they agreed to serve. Their mindset is not on whom they serve but rather just completing that which is before them. This is a type of church that we could be comparing to Martha in this context. The church who seems surprised that they are so burnt out and grumpy and not seeming to grow in numbers or in depth of wisdom and love. On the other hand, there are many a church congregation that is led to position itself at Christ's feet, reading scripture together, asking after its meaning, listening to substantive, substantial, substantive uh, sermons and wrestling with Jacob for God's blessing studying and nurturing a faith that seeks understanding, praying without ceasing, and seeking to hear God's voice above all else. Then, even then the details of the common life, they begin to be filled with the spirit, and everything they do and say proclaims the good news. Some of my favorite moments in ministry, they've been held around the dinner table Fellow congregants coming to our home for a meal where we can get to know each other, we can talk about our lives. We spend time driving somewhere is another time where there's conversation to happen anywhere between point A and point B. A big question may get asked at either one of those times and we begin to wrestle and have conversation over life's meaning and purpose. Being willing to listen and being open to where the conversation will go, that's where ministry happens. When we've taken the time to sit and listen, to soak in the moment together, that's been some of the sweetest times in ministry. See, Mary and Martha, they remind us that when anxiety and well-doing becomes the measure of our hospitality, it is then that the church has forgotten the one to whom they are gathered to serve. On the other hand, when Christ is proclaimed as instrumental in the church's program, then the community can attend to the word that first called it into being. We must continue to have our focus solely on Christ in all that we say and do. I've been thinking a lot about all that this summer has held for me. See, much of my job's hours, they are taken up by facilities work, overseeing tasks, making sure people have what they need, communicating with vendors to be here for certain jobs, checking off the to-do lists of items, and the time is tick, tick, ticking away, inching closer and closer to the time in which the teachers and the students return to Cornerstone. We must have all of these tasks completed, all of the cleaning needs to be done, the pavement needs to be completed, doesn't it look so nice? The pressures of giving everything, getting everything done before the time ticks away. It's kind of stressful, if I'm honest. It's kind of troubling at times, and I find myself being a little bit anxious that we're gonna get all the tasks done. As I prepare for the block party, knowing how much it's been a successful event for our church in past years, Tanya did a fantastic job putting this on. And now, it's left in my hands along with my team. And I just hope and pray that it can live up to this standard of which we have had in the past. I can get so distracted, feeling anxious. Is this really gonna be all that it's meant to be? Are all the pieces gonna come into play? Are are they all gonna happen the way that they need to? Are the people even gonna show up? Are we gonna have enough food? All of these things can be very overwhelming and distracting and troubling, wondering about the success. See, Martha's character traits have surely infiltrated into my being many times this summer. And I've had to remind myself for whom I am working. To whom do I serve? And often I can bring to my mind some of the activities that we've done together as a congregation. Our come hang out with me moments. Pool parties at the Cornell's, strawberry picking, tie dye. Those have been moments of deep joy, where I can lean into friendship, lean into conversation with those that I don't normally spend time with. Some of the smaller groups that we've had has offered an opportunity for some deep conversation. I've so enjoyed relaxing by the pool, having conversations with my brothers and sisters in Christ, breathing in and breathing out, enjoying what the summer has to hold. I look forward to this upcoming week where we can hang out by the fire, chat some more, have some deep conversation, and grow in Christ together. Where we can sit and listen and talk and grow in devotion and friendship. Theologian John Shea observes that this story of Mary and Martha is not a way of reinforcing a Martha-Mary dichotomy. Because that's so readily what we do. One is right, one is wrong. But rather, this story is a calling for the recognition that God is both inside and outside. He is part of doing and being. God can be present in the kitchen and at the feet of Jesus. He desires for us to love him and love others. It's a both and message here. There is time for me to be focused on the to-do list, the tasks before me, and the timestamp that has to take place but there is also time and space that needs to be allocated for sitting and talking and breathing. Without the first, you wouldn't eat. Without the second, you wouldn't worship. We are called to have balance between the two of them, between others and God. For me, the need continues to be to remind myself to sit at the Father's feet and to listen. For me, I tend to find myself in the position of Martha needing to do the checklist, make everything perfect. I need to be reminded again today of whom my focus should be upon. As I serve, as I go about my day, to whom do I serve? To whom is my Lord and Savior? To whom can I lay down all of my worries and burdens? I wonder... If today you may be in the position of needing to be reminded of balance too. Being reminded not to be worried or distracted by many things. What, are you, what you are involved in may be very good, but there needs to be a balance. There needs to be an ultimate focus remaining on the Father. It is there, it is there that we can connect with the source that brings us both peace and energy into our undertakings. We're gonna close today with a song that I've asked the band to come up and play for me, an old hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Preparing for this message, this was all that I could think of this week. It was my prayer. That my vision wouldn't be upon anything else but the Lord. The first verse speaks of our desire to have the Lord as our vision when I wake and when I sleep. First thing out of bed, last thing before I close my eyes. The second verse, asking for wisdom and truth to come from him. May everything that I do say, everything that I know and understand, must come from the Lord. The third verse reminds us of our desires, and too often, our desires turn to riches and praises from others, oh, how wonderful you did. How great that was. Each verse seems to be so fitting to remind me, and I hope to remind you, of the balance that everything we do and are and be, that it all must be focused with our vision upon the Lord. My prayer, and for myself, and my prayer for you is that you take some time today, this week, to sit at the Father's feet, to play the role of Mary, right before you go back to playing the role of Martha to gain balance once again, and to remember that we are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength first, first and foremost, before we are then able to love our neighbor. Stand with me as we sing today.
1: that though Now and i <laughs> So
0: Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Receive this benediction. May you go now with Christ as your vision as you sit at his feet, as you work about your daily tasks, may your best thought by day or by night, waking and sleeping, be of Christ, your Savior. Amen. Go in peace. You're dismissed.